At Northrop Grumman, cybersecurity is at the core of everything we do. Our cyber workforce is defining possible every day in an environment that fosters talent and rewards excellence. Northrop Grumman needs cyber professionals like you to join our team to help defend our nation and its allies. We have openings in Maryland, Northern Virginia, Cincinnati, Ohio, and Tampa, Florida. To begin your journey with us, visit our careers webpage, northropgrumman.com forward slash careers. Welcome to the Defense and Aerospace Reports Weekly Cyber Report sponsored by Northrop Grumman on this, our first show during National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. I'm your host, Vago Maradian. And before we get started, Bell sponsors our daily podcast, Leonardo DRS sponsors our global coverage, General Atomics Aeronautical Systems sponsors our coverage of strategy, and L3 Harris sponsors our coverage of joint all-domain command and control. And we're now joined by Michael Specka, who is the president of uh, the cybersecurity firm Artelist. Uh, we're here at the Mandian Cyber Defense uh, Summit, where we also heard from uh, Kevin Mandia, who is the founder uh, and CEO of Mandiant. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Kevin was supposed to join us, but he can't uh, join us. You both were going to uh, talk to us a little bit about Kevin's big announcement uh, at the show in terms of the divestiture of FireEye uh, from the company, a very important part uh, of uh, the Mandiant uh, organization but also a partnership with you, Michael, and, and, and your company. Talk to us a little bit about Kevin's announcement yesterday and what it means for you guys and actually what it means for the cyber ecosystem. Certainly. Uh, so thanks for having me here today. I think the most important thing that Kevin uh, talked about yesterday was the urgency of the moment. So, uh, you know, anybody who reads the news sees the tempo. More, more, more. Ransomware, nation-state actors, it's a bigger and bigger problem. And uh, if not now, when? If not you, who? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, um, you know, one of the things that uh, was echoed a lot, both in the speaker lineup and in Kevin's remarks, was really the need for uh, public-private partnerships. Um, and that's especially resonant here at Mandiant CDS because, of course, the SolarWinds um, incident last year was initially reported to the federal government through Mandiant to detecting that activity and it became much bigger, much broader scope than uh, anybody initially realized. Um, and that event, along with the Colonial Pipeline story, which was also discussed uh, here at the conference, um, is uh, probably the two key events that really emphasize that urgency of the moment, that uh, now is the time that the nation needs to take these issues seriously. Um, we, we heard from the uh, Air Force Secretary, Frank Kendall, you know, that we're out of time and it's important to move very quickly. Uh, Chris Inglis has been making the rounds. Uh, from your standpoint, is there a palpable sense that we're moving faster? Because there are a lot of folks who would say, if you were a Martian and were dropped on Earth in 2008 or you know, came back in 2012, 16, and today, you might not see as much of that urgency, as much of the change as we need. You've been in the industry for decades. Are you seeing a change in how people work, speed, focus, uh, to try to address some of these vulnerabilities? It's an excellent question, and you know, the answer depends on the level. Uh, that you're operating. So clearly a whole lot more focus from the administration, um, a whole lot more focus on, uh, you know, uh, more than just, well, here's, here's bad news, right? Uh, that we've got a recognition that we need um, government participation, we need diplomacy, we need more tools 
that generally, you know, cybersecurity two years ago um, was discussed a lot as uh, you know a nerd on nerd problem, right? It's it's a it's a technical issue, uh, and if we just get the right tech guys into the space, the right tech people into the space, um, then uh, you know everything will magically be fine. And this isn't this is a form of international competition, and you need to fold it into. Uh, the entirety of that space. And so here at CDS, it's been very interesting um, to see the number of government speakers that we're here talking, that we're here talking specifically about Colonial, that we're here talking specifically about solar winds, and how uh, the government has changed in the last two years to be better positioned to help the private sector uh, deal with these problems. And there's no violence like nerd on nerd violence. So I mean, at the end of the day, that's what that's what that's yeah, what. We're, I mean, the entire '80s, uh, you know, uh, uh, movie complex would tell you that there's that's entirely true. Um, I wanted to ask you. So why why did Mandian uh, uh, partner with you guys on this? Right. I mean, what is it that you're bringing to the table as in in terms of the group of companies that he wants to work more closely with sure. in, in the wake of the FireEye divestiture? We're we're partners with both Mandian and FireEye, um, and uh, I think our list has a little bit of a unique perspective. Um, many of our, our people did come out of the same environment, right? So uh, ex-military operators. And um, so we work with Mandiant and FireEye on key Department of Defense initiatives, especially within the Department of the Navy. Um, there's a lot of places where their technology and their approaches can do a lot of good. Um, the other thing that our list does is we're interested in the five, the 10, the 20 person small business uh, within the defense industrial base that has the same problem, but um, unlike, let's say, the Department of Defense or unlike Mandiant, um, does not necessarily have the resources to uh, deal with a nation state espionage event, right? So uh, there's all kinds of regulation, there's all kinds of legislation, uh, lots of conversations about CMMC that um, how are we going to get these smaller organizations uh, to be in a place where they can continue to innovate, continue to think, uh, to do what I think of the very American activity of, of creating innovation through small business, uh, but do it in a way that we can protect against national security threats while they perform those tasks. Um, you, you mentioned CMMC, the Cybersecurity mat uh, Maturity Model Certification pro uh, Process. Obviously, the new administration is thinking its way through it. You joined us a little bit earlier this year and uh, ad addressed that a little bit. Um, the, the government is interested uh, obviously, in you know a lot of talk about this public-private partnerships and how to move the ball more quickly. Look at non-traditional suppliers in terms of uh, addressing it. We heard from Jennifer Waldsmith, uh, our uh, uh, Northrop's uh, cyber uh, chief uh, sponsor of this program, and one of the things that she expressed concern about is, look, whatever it is we do, open or whatever, uh, security has got to be at the heart of that. From your standpoint, what's the right way to forge these kind of partnerships, move fast, but also do it without doing it at the expense of security, right? I mean, because some folks go to, you know, open source software libraries and grab stuff that the Chinese and Russians have written in part because in the middle of the night, some coder is going to be like, oh my God, this is the solution to my problem. Right, right, right. Just uh, ignore the Chinese and Cyrillic on it. Yeah, so um, there's a lot of answers to that question uh, in terms of you know, that, that aren't my uh, area of expertise, certainly, in terms of engineering principles and processes and things like that. But um, at the bottom line, uh, uh, this is a, um, an issue of leadership and decision making. And so if an organization isn't prepared to 
take cybersecurity into account, then they're not going to take cybersecurity into account. So the way I would read your question is, well, how do we encourage everyone to understand the importance of this problem? And uh, from a national security perspective, how do we uh, encourage organizations to understand that this is not an isolated risk that they're taking for themselves, right? This is a risk that they're taking on for the greater community. Um, if you look at Colonial Pipeline, that's a perfect example, right? The, the issue that happened to them, um, and I think Kevin uh, framed it beautifully as, you know, a, a, an event that no CEO should have to go through, right? These are uh, criminals. Um, uh, you know, and this is crime, right? This is stuff that shouldn't be, shouldn't be happening at all, but it happens in the world that we're in. And so given that it happens in the world that we're in uh, and that the impacts of uh, that particular crime go beyond impacts to the organization and go to, you know, impacts to the society at whole, how do we get people to pay attention to that? So we've heard from a lot of folks in government here over the last two days talking about the need for um, the government to be in a position to help um, we heard uh, from the director of CISA that this should not be a naming, blaming, and shaming game. Um, there's greater conversations to be had about the role that insurance plays in risk mitigation. Um, there's conversations about legislation uh, for you know, mandatory reporting of incidents. Um, all these things boil down to um, elevating the need for this, uh, the, the addressing of these risks to be something that every business leader takes seriously. Um, let me take you to CMMC. When you joined us earlier this year, we talked a little bit about the new administration coming in, how to think through the problem. Obviously, um, a lot of progress, whether on ransomware on the global agreement or um, a whole bunch of policies to try to improve national cybersecurity. There is it's still a little bit of an open question on what happens with CMMC. Sure. From your standpoint, I know you're having better conversations about this than I am, or deeper conversations. Where Where do we need to end up to at least improve as quickly as possible the cybersecurity of the defense industrial base, given that it is very much haves and have-nots, right? The big guys are able to do this, mm -hmm. you're able to do it, but there are some smaller places which actually struggle with cybersecurity, right? It is haves and have-nots, as you've said. Mm -hmm. What's the right approach to be taking to try to get to that place that everybody wants to get, get to, which is a better, secure infrastructure that's producing the nation's militarily important systems? Sure, um, so let's talk about a couple of things there. One. Getting back to that point of uh, what's the mechanism to elevate the discussion? So uh, you mentioned the march and you know dropping in. Is anything really happening? These discussions are important because they let uh, business leaders know that this is something that's going to affect their business, um, and that the risk that they might choose to take on goes beyond the risk to their organization and is now uh, you know a systemic risk, a national security risk, uh, as General Nakasomi put it. So. Um, if you increase the tempo of those conversations, then when we talk to customers, especially customers uh, in that 78% of the defense industrial base that are under 250 employees, uh, and they say, hey, is this real? Do I really need to do something here? I've got mouths to feed, I've got mission to deliver, how important is this? Uh, th these kinds of conversations make it easier for a firm like us to say, well, it's very important, look at the level of discussion, look at this executive order. Um, then the second piece of the problem is, okay, what are they gonna do about it? Because there's a reason why they're, they're have-nots. They're below the poverty line. They don't have the resources, they don't have the expertise, they don't have the maturity. And uh, 
I believe, you know, as I referenced innovation from small business earlier, that it's the market's responsibility to respond to that need. And that's what Artilist is trying to do. Um, we're very interested in helping these organizations uh, understand what they need to do and then develop uh, the relationships with them so that they can put in place the capabilities that they need in order to participate in this national defense exercise. Um, so what does that mean, you know, specifically? And I think here's a place that... Um, and how do you pay for it, right? Well, and how do you pay for it? Uh, absolutely. Well, so how do you pay for it? You know, part of that is there's a big demand signal and a demand signal ought to be lowering prices, right? So we have to figure out how to segment the market and say, this is what these customers need, right? They don't necessarily need, if you go back to CMMC, the level five capability, the same kind of program that the big guys uh, need, but they do need something that's tailored to them. So uh, there's a couple different ways to achieve those, those price points. Uh, Mandiant announced a ransomware focused package today, which is great. It's great for two reasons. Uh, I should say yesterday they, they announced this. Um, it's great for two reasons. One, um, it is at a lower price point. Um, and I think as important, or maybe even more importantly, uh, this is a complex subject, right? If, if you go to buy a performance car today, if you're a, uh, you know, you like BMW or Mercedes, pick your performance car, you don't walk into a BMW dealership and they say, let's talk about engines. Do you like engines? Uh, let's talk about tires. Hey, by the way, if this car is going to be able to go this fast, you're, you're probably going to want to invest in the brakes. Let's buy some brakes. Uh, and in a lot of ways, that's the state of the industry right now. Right. If you're running a 50-person government contractor, you don't have time for that conversation. You don't have time to understand right. everything that goes into building the car. You just need a car, right? And so to hear Mandy and Artilist, we sell cars. <laughs> <laughs> well, Artilist, we replace uncertainty with understanding. That's what we do. And uh, Well played. Thank you. And so, um, you know, we want to be able to take these you know, incredible nation state level capabilities that an organization like Mandiant brings to the table and say, you've got a ransomware issue. And th this organization looked across the suite of capabilities they could bring to the table and said to solve your ransomware problem by this, right. right? And the more of those kinds of products they can bring to the table, the easier it is for us to do our job, which is to sit down with that head of that 50 person, 100 person, 250 person organization and say, Let's talk about the problems that you have, and let's talk about what's available in the market to solve those problems. If you bring that back to CMMC, I think one of the problems that's happening with CMMC today is that everybody's talking about assessments. Government is funding assessments. It's pretty clear that the, that the grade out there that these assessments are going to return is an F or a D maybe a C, right? The government put together this scoring system. Uh, you know, go, go to SPRS and enter your score. It goes from 110 to negative 296. Um, brilliant, by the way, because it's very possible to get a below zero score, which I think is reflective of the truth. Um, but do you really need to know if you're a negative 45 or a negative 47? Is that really worth your money as, a, as the leader of a small business? Or do you need to figure out how close do I get to 110 this year? How close does the government need me to get to 110 this year? And if we start out by taking the 5, 10, 15, 20, $25,000 that we might have to invest this fiscal year in starting to solve the problem, and we spend it on refining our understanding of, of insufficient, right. that's, not, that's not the right step. If you're you know, one of the big government contractors and you have a multi-million dollar 
technology solution already in place and you need to find the gaps uh, and resolve those gaps. Assessing makes a ton of sense. If you're a 50-person company that's not in the cloud, that still has servers in a closet underneath a coffee machine, I can tell you they're not compliant, they're not resilient. Don't, don't give us money to right. diagnose that, right? Let's take those funds. Let's get you a cybersecurity program that gets you there when you can afford to get there and gets you started on that process. Um, and, and an assessment isn't really the answer for those folks. What's the next step then? Well, so the most important thing for these organizations is to get started, right? Which is why the assessment isn't the most productive choice. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that there have been requirements around NIST 800 since 2017. Uh, and as I think we talked about last time uh, on your show, uh, those uh, requirements were all backed by self-attestation. And so uh, there's been various level of progress uh, across the defense industrial base to get these things done. Um, so we recommend, uh, you know, essentially doing just that, getting started and getting started with a programmatic approach because this is not something that you're gonna check some boxes, uh, something that came up several times uh, with uh, Kevin and several of his guests. This isn't a checkbox compliance issue, right? Um, we've uh, got obligations under NIST 800-171 and under uh, the CMMC for things that you have to do every day, every week, uh, every year, every quarter. And um, so they need to put a plan in place. They need to move to an environment where it's safe to store CUI, uh, and then they need to start planning and budgeting for doing all of the activities underneath those standards. Is there, yeah, I just want to uh, briefly wrap this up on the, the cost element of it, right? I mean, mm -hmm. ultimately, folks have not wanted to spend as much money as this costs, right? Some people uh, are spending a lot of money, others are not spending a lot of money, um, and one of the ways is, right, I mean, a little bit of the naming and shaming, I mean, you don't necessarily want to come out and shoot the victim, but in some of these cases, right, I mean, there is this, um, you know, um, the, you know, sunlight will be a cleansing element, that was an element of it in, the, in, in Solarium, and obviously the administration is talking about stuff like that as well, right? Ultimately, how do we need to do this um, and what's the approach boards have to ha have, even small businesses have to have, because something highly classified could be compromised, not at you know, the big level, but actually at a much smaller level where somebody is executing something very important on something bigger, right? I mean, how do we need to think about the investment we're making, the approach we're bringing, the mentality we're bringing to this, because we're sort of whistling past various graveyards, right? I mean, we have software and hardware vulnerabilities, and we're looking at certification standards, but actually are not under, uh, addressing some of the underlying issues. S certainly, so compliance is a first step. And, um, you know, we've got to start somewhere. So in terms of being able to do this and being able to do this at the appropriate cost, uh, I think that is one of the places where really it's incumbent upon industry to develop uh, and this is part of the mission of Artelis, to develop solutions that are within the reach of these firms. Um, I talk to, to uh, potential customers and actual customers all the time about, you know, their concerns of where they are and how they're going to, you know, quote unquote, get there. And there's a lot of players in the market who say, you know, we're going to get you there. And the fact of the matter is, is that a cybersecurity solution, a cybersecurity solution that makes a ton of sense for a large, you know, multinational, multi-thousand employee firm is not the same kind of stack that you want to put in place for a smaller business. So referencing back to Mandiant's uh, ransomware offer, 
there were two value propositions to that ransomware offer. One was a lower price point, but the second one was that Mandiant did the work of figuring out across the breadth of their capabilities, what do you need to tackle this particular business outcome? We're trying to match that effort on the cybersecurity program side from Artelis perspective to say, you've got a business outcome that you need to be CMMC compliant. You also have a business outcome that you have to have a fighting chance against these adversaries. So how can we help you figure out what that looks like? And that's what we're trying to do. Um, you, know, you mentioned ransomware, so in about uh, 30 seconds, are you encouraged by the deal the administration struck with 30 some odd nations to try to address the ransomware problem? I mean, because ultimately these organizations are actually operating out of Russia and a lot of other places and the governments don't seem to care about whether or not uh, somebody from Russian territory is ripping us off and making us look bad or hurting us somehow, sure. right? I mean, is that sufficient from your standpoint? Are we moving the needle on that? Well, uh, absolutely moving the needle again. Um, th this isn't a technology issue, right? This is a, a crime issue. This is an international diplomacy issue. Um, and uh, uh, Kevin Mandia put it very well during his keynote, until we're able to impose risks and consequences on those actors, they're not going to have a reason to stop. And you can't impose risks and consequences on those actors if you're, uh, or at least it shouldn't be your responsibility to impose risks and consequences on those actors if you're a pipeline company. That's the responsibility of the government. Michael, thanks very much. Pleasure having you on the program and a happy Cybersecurity Awareness Month to you. And to you too. From cyberspace to outer space, Northrop Grumman cyber technology spans all domains and all aspects of national security. We are delivering the next generation of cyber capabilities that protect our nation and its allies. Visit northropgrumman.com forward slash cyber to learn more.